Hi friends, welcome to Reading Minds. My name is Susie and I'm here with my friends Annie and Shannon and today we're going to discuss Ernest Hemingway's The Old Man and the Sea. Okay, so The Old Man in the Sea takes over five days. The first day is just introducing the character. His name is Santiago, and he's a fisherman, um, an old seasoned fisherman from Cuba. And he has gone 84 days without catching a fish. And he kind of lives his isolated life. He has a companion, um, a young boy who he's mentoring, um, but the other fishermen don't really seem to respect him. Um, even though he is very skilled, and you see that later in the book. Um, so the first day is kind of introducing. He's very poor. He's gone without food, it seems. Um, he's, but he has this grit and determination to keep going. And then you follow him as he goes out to sea and he goes very, very far out away from the other fishermen and without even any land in sight. And he feels this massive tug and he has a huge fish on the line. And you go over this three day span where he's not really sleeping. He's trying to get this huge, huge, huge fish who's pulling in the boat and goes like a whole day and a half without even showing signs of being tired. And then when the fish jumps up out of the water, you see it's this massive marlin. And, you know, he's just like, wow, I'm going to get so much money for this. Like, this is it. I caught the fish. And then he eventually gets it and ties it against his boat. And... You know, that's all great and everything, but the fish is injured, it's bleeding a lot, and other animals in the ocean come. They're like, ooh, I, eat sharks. I like fish. It's tied. Like a shark. Lots of sharks. And Santiago, you know, fights them off, and he tries to get them to not eat the fish, but they, you know, tear off chunks and get bites, and... He ends up getting back to shore, finding his way back home, and there is no more fish. There's just the skeleton. And then he wearily climbs back up into his bed, and he wakes up, and the fishermen are, like, measuring it, and they're like, wow, it was so big, you know, and they're all impressed, but it's also sad that he lost the fish. And, you know, there's a lot that goes on in his mind. There's a lot of character qualities that you see and, you know, uh, symbolism and imagery throughout the book that I'm sure we will talk about. Do you guys want to do your sentences? How about we do our drinks? Do you guys want to do your drinks? <laughs> um, I'm drinking agua, water. Of course you went first. <laughs> because, you know, he's on this boat in this massive sea and he wants water there's just lots of water <laughs> lots of water and that's just what sounded <laughs> good to me um okay shannon you go i went first for a reason by the way <laughs> um i'm drinking the same thing as Susie because i'm equally as lame and 
uh, about to go on vacation. So I don't have much in my fridge. So water it was. And <laughs> same reasoning. He's surrounded by water and he wanted water a lot and tried to drink salt water. It didn't really work out so well for him. <laughs> um, stuff like that. So yeah, that's why. Annie's yeah. is much, much cooler. Yeah. So I'm drinking pineapple juice Ooh. because it takes place in Cuba, which is like tropical and beaches and, you know, that. And also just because I'm still pregnant and I'm trying to get my body ready for labor, which pineapple juice is supposed to help with that somehow. <laughs> so say, how? Yeah. So there's something in it. Bromelain, I think is how you say it. And it's supposed to... I don't know. People say it's supposed to start contractions, but it, it doesn't because you're drinking it and you're not putting it, like, right on your uterus. <laughs> so, I don't know. Do, it's kind of an old wives' tale. Do putting things on your uterus help you start contractions? No. No, you can't do that. <laughs> I was like, how do you, what? Like, your stomach? Okay. It's like a hormone reaction. Yeah. You Ox- just can't cool. get to it. So. Oxycontin, I think. Anyway. Oxytocin. I have to say, Oxycontin sounds like a No, that's product. the drug, right? No, one of them is a drug, and one of them is... Oxytocin is a hormone. Mm-hmm. The hormone. So there's this funny story, but I don't have to tell it. It was really funny about this guy who tried to rob a pharmacy of, like, a vet and stole the wrong drug. So he stole Oxytocin and was trying to sell it, like... You know, like, as an opioid, <laughs> but it's not. It just makes you go into labor, which is the funniest thing. Oh, man. Anyway. Funny. Good story, Shannon. <laughs> well, I, anyway. I was dying when I heard <laughs> so it. So are sentences. <laughs> oh, man. I'll be here all week. Check but you in. won't. I know. <laughs> but, um, uh, okay. I'll go first. Okay, go for it. Relax and enjoy a novel about an old man while he reflects on life as well as tries to reel in a big catch and prove that he still got it. <laughs> yep. Sounds like a good vacation book yes. when you put it like that. It's like, enjoy, <laughs> relax on the beach, look out onto the horizon, picture the marlin <laughs> jumping. Imagine. <laughs> I mean, it really would be a good beach book because it's really short. I mean, it's like 126 pages or something. Mm -hmm. It is really short. Okay, I can go next. It ties into my synopsis. (laughs) After 84 long days without a single fish, an old seasoned fisherman heads out deep, deep into the sea waters and catches a fish of a lifetime. Go on this journey of epic endurance and discover what character qualities Santiago, the Cuban fisherman, displays. Nice. <laughs> it's funny because, like, you keep bringing up his name, and I literally could not for the life of me remember his name. <laughs> <laughs> they don't mention it too many times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like anyone was talking to him that much out there. It was just it's him. like, <laughs> the old man. <laughs> that is his name. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> the old man. <laughs> All right, so mine... My sentence is, Ernest Hemingway's prismatic writing that highlights both attention to detail and the beauty of simplicity is showcased in this brief story that presents the limitless capabilities of the rustic man. Yep. Why are sentences always so different? (laughs) (laughs) I dig it. I'm just going to say mine would probably go well on, like, the back of a book cover. 
mm-hmm. as like an advertisement for the book. Um, and then Susie's would be to entice the readers. Yeah. Susie's would be like a movie or something like that. It's a, the voiceover. Yeah, and then Annie's <laughs> is always like a better review of the book or something. You know, like <laughs> something you'd find like in a magazine or a newspaper, or like oh, wow. on an editorial or something. <laughs> Thanks. Snazzy. <laughs> I try. How long do you think it takes you guys to write your sentences? It depends on how I feel about the book. Yeah. Today, I was running late, and I didn't do it early, even though it's my month, and it took me um, 20 seconds. Full, full honesty. I mean, mine took me, like, a couple minutes, but I usually... It usually takes me longer because I, like, I write my review for the book, and then I'll take it based on my review. Yeah. Mm. So, I just pulled stuff out of what I wrote in my review that I put on Goodreads. Hence why her sounds put together. (laughs) um we love you annie (laughs) yeah no i think it just depends on the book because i feel like like this one wasn't that hard to write for me but like other books are much more challenging because i like don't really know how to sum it up Mm -hmm. i guess so like even like notes from the underground like that was a real challenge just because i was like how do i summarize that but other ones are like much more straightforward so i feel like it's easier to kind of pull what the general theme not like theme but like whatever overview of the book something that you can just like pull out i don't know yeah i love it like i love the sentences just because it's so like it's such a brief thing to do but we get to see like the big ideas that each of us got out of the book Mm -hmm. that man has some endurance (laughs) that's like what i was thinking the whole time no so i've actually i actually go fishing not big sea game fishing but just lake big game fishing and I catch fish that are like 40 inches not not tons and tons of feet and it's exhausting like reeling in for one hour a 40 inch fish you like get bruises like you break a sweat you become like super hungry you're like water water like I can't I just can't imagine yeah like being being out there. So you understand. Yeah. (laughs) I think I understand it a little. Like, I just drew upon my own fishing experiences. Like, I would go out with my family in Canada, and we would go out all day. Like, eight to ten hours all day. And catch. It's super fun. And it's super peaceful and relaxing. But then when you catch a fish, you do get this, like, rush of adrenaline. And you don't realize how tired you are until it's in the boat. So I do relate to... Santiago. That's for you, Shane. Old man. Yeah. No, the but just man. like the things the things that he was doing, like putting his fishing line across his back and keeping it taut. It just sounded so painful. Mm-hmm. But I pre- So what did you think of like all of the tiny details? Like because it goes into like pretty in depth, I would say, mm-hmm. of just the mm-hmm. every like the little mundane yeah. things he was doing to catch the fish. I loved it. I did too. I mm-hmm. feel like I could picture in my mind this old man, you know, like catching a dolphin and like cutting it up with one hand while he's holding the line mm-hmm. and then another and like eating it. Yeah. yeah. I I actually really, really like the writing style. It's refreshing. Yeah. Because I think I agree. a lot I mean, of books. Hemingway is one of my favorite authors. So. Yeah. This is the first book it. I've ever read by Hemingway. Because that's why I was, I, uh, 
want to read more of him, but you guys have read so much that doesn't come up in the book club. But now I want to read more on my own. Um, yeah, it's just like very honest, but very, very, it's such simple writing, but with wildly so deep much. messages. Yeah. 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 And like so much detail. Too. Yeah. And so much to unpack. The story wasn't even that like, it's not a complicated story. A guy right. wants to catch a fish to like but like he inside that was able to just bring you to this exact place like this world that he was in like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. be on the boat be on the surf like can picture his struggle and almost can sympathize with like the pain he's going mm-hmm. through even if like you've yeah. not experienced it yourself like you, you were able to capture that with just how he described it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was really impressed, too, with, like, how quickly he hooked you um, to the characters. Ha, ha, it was, ha. like, in, no, <laughs> ha, ha, yes, pun intended. <laughs> oh, no, man, but, like, within good. the first couple of pages, you felt like you had a pretty good idea of what the old man was like and almost, like, his motives and how he lived. And you could kind of picture him. Yeah, what I loved about those details is it also, it kind of dragged out the time a little bit because he was out there for, like, three three days four days yeah like three and a half days yeah yeah so and it made you feel like you were experiencing like every hour with him i can't believe he stayed awake for that long well awake he like slept sort of he started like going a little crazy there at the end he slept (laughs) understandably it's like rested in the biggest quotation marks ever (laughs) (laughs) he didn't sort of (laughs) yeah really so my question, actually, that I was going to ask, and we can, I can talk, we can talk about it now, but just, uh, I can't fathom, like, going through, being motivated enough to, like, stick with trying to reel in this fish, because this fish, he tried to start reeling it in, like, he'd been waiting all day for a bite, he finally got a bite, and this fish just, he was, like, in this little skiff, which I just assume is, like, a smaller boat, mm-hmm. um, and it was like dragging him in the boat with him like as he's trying to reel this fish in hence like why it took so much time and like days and stuff and I can't fathom like being motivated enough to stay with that and try to reel it in when he like saw like the like he experienced night he experienced like the fact that like he was not near his home anymore like he'd gone really far out to sea which is terrifying in my opinion um especially in his little vessel I just can't imagine like being willing to stick with that I would have given up much much earlier than he ever did so my question is like what do you think his motivation was to keep going even though it took him so long to catch that fish eventually I think it could go several different directions Mm -hmm. and I think like the main his main driving force was just because he hadn't caught a fish in that long and people were starting to consider him bad luck or to believe he wasn't a serious fisherman and the the boy um who Susie had mentioned in the synopsis his parents had stopped letting him um mentor the boy Mm -hmm. so I think in catching that fish he was kind of like reclaiming like status as a fisherman (laughs) yeah which was his life's work too I do think that he was trying to reestablish his place in his society. Um, because, like, 
Annie said, he wasn't, didn't really seem to be respected as much anymore. And I think it also is just like grit, like sheer determination. Mm -hmm. Like I am going to complete what I started, even if it kills me. Yeah. Essentially. That's one of the major themes yeah. of the book, I would say. Um, in my research that I did after I finished reading it, a lot of people, and I can kind of see this, view it as pride. Um, but I'm not, I'm not sure I actually got that when I was reading it. I was just kind of like, yeah, you have to catch the fish. You're just going to stay out for forever. Because I would do this, not that I would stay out for three days, not a chance. But if I had a huge <laughs> fish on the line, I would be like, I don't care that it's dark. I don't care that I'm hungry. I have to bring it in. I kind mm -hmm. of understand his like determination to do it um but yeah there are lots of reasons he really yeah. needed it he needed a really big fish that would hopefully sell and give him lots of money as well but it's interesting that he chose to go so far out in this tiny skiff by the way which is terrifying mm -hmm. and i would never do yeah as someone who views the open ocean as their greatest fear. Like, I would never, never ever. I also don't like fish, so none of this story would be happening to me at all. Yeah. But, <laughs> which is strange because I love this story so much. Maybe it's, it's because. Basically, everything I hate in the world. <laughs> maybe it's because you can live vicariously through the writing yeah. because it's so I can good. Pretend, yeah. yeah. Like, I can pretend like I enjoy the things yeah. because of how it's written. Like, Hemingway is good at drawing the reader in into the actual emotions and what is going through his head mm -hmm. and yeah the simple actions that you have to do to catch a fish yeah and there's so much symbolism in the story too like we see a lot of religious symbolism in hey that's my question in... oh okay do you want to ask your question yes can funny you, funny you bring that up annie <laughs> <laughs> to what effect does hemingway employ religious symbolism does he relate santiago to christ question mark <laughs> so Santiago I would say is like the main Christ figure but there's a couple different ones like some people also view the fish as the Christ figure in this book really so there's mm -hmm, the there's a couple eaten. different ways you can interpret it <laughs> um, fish gets eaten guess who stays alive though the old man <laughs> um but with the old man I know there was talk of like, the injuries on his hands, and there's something about... I have this quote here that says, Santiago makes a noise one would make feeling the nails go through his hand and yeah. into the wood. Yeah. Yeah, so there's a lot of, like, little allusions to Christ like that throughout the book. And nothing, like, super overt, mm -hmm. which I really appreciate, but it's very, it's still very clear of what, what the imagery is. Yeah. Yeah. Is Hemingway a Christian? No. Not that I'm aware of. Not no. by his lifestyle. because <laughs> he had, he had you know. some imagery. Like, even when he fell onto his bed, he fell on, like, face down with his hands out. Which could... I mean, yeah. And just because somebody uses religious imagery doesn't mean they adhere to that I mean, also, religion. Hispanic... They could use it as a tool because lots of people know it. Hispanic yeah. culture is also pretty Catholic and yeah. in terms of religion. So, like, that's not, like, a huge surprise to me. Like, uh, South America, yeah. Central America, like, they're very Catholic. Mm -hmm. Maybe he's been to Cuba. I wouldn't be oh, surprised. He has. he has a house in Cuba. Did you read the forward? Did you read the forward or the pre, 
preface or whatever. I don't know. Because it talked about him going to Cuba and he like actually stayed out on a boat for three days to test test drive the story. Wait, did Ernest Hemingway live in Florida? He lived in the well. He had several houses. Did he live in Key West? Yes, I've been (gasps) to his house. I've been to his house. How are you just I now remembering this? I, I just like remembered. I've been to his house. Like if you'd been there, you'd remember it. It's pretty, oh, my gosh. And there's, like, a lot of cats or something. No, there weren't cats or in dogs. this one. There was a lot of, like, If it's cool, the Key West house, there definitely is. There's a lot of cool pictures on the walls. Yeah, but they and, have, like, a ton of they have a ton yeah. of animals there that live yeah, there. Yeah, that's and true. And it was a big deal because when the hurricanes came, they were like, we can't, they stayed with the animals instead of, like, fleeing like everyone else. I'm, like, I'm talking about recently here. Yeah. About the animals uh, thing. Anyway. I'm looking up his house right now. Cause it's I... only one of his, it's only one of the places that he lived, though. Yeah, and he did a lot of traveling, too. Yeah. Like, he's been to Africa and Spain. Like, he loved the bullfights. He's very much, like, I can't... kind of a manly man. Yeah. And he loved, like, hunting and fishing. Yeah. Which the bullfights. Is, <laughs> this is funny because in World War One. He actually was an ambulance driver, mm-hmm. um, which I thought was really fun. And Andrew and I and his family recently went to the Air Force Museum in Dayton, mm-hmm. and they have this uh, Model T Ford ambulance from World War One. And <laughs> I mean, obviously, it's not the one Hemingway necessarily drove or anything, but it's probably just a replica. But yeah, it said like him and like Disney. There was one other guy. One other guy I didn't know who it was, but. They all like drove those ambulances mm-hmm. in World War One. I. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, yeah. He lived in Cuba, and Key West, and other places. Yeah. I can't believe I forgot until just now. I think it's because I have. <laughs> I think it's because I never read either. anything by him. So my mom was like, "We have to go. We have to go." But yeah, now I'm like, "Oh my gosh, Ernest Hemingway." <laughs> it's a pretty there. cool house too. Yeah, it is cool. It's pretty. Like those really pretty like. Not- Porches. Field trip. You still have two weeks. Florida. You still she, got. She, she's not traveling anytime soon. No. <laughs> Do you guys know who Joe DiMaggio is? Yeah, it's a baseball, it's a baseball player. player. I do not know that. No, I know it's a baseball player because he said he's it. a famous but, like, baseball is he a player. Famous he married. Baseball yeah, player? he married Marilyn Monroe for crying out loud. Oh, that's him. Yeah. Oh. I mean, this she book. married a lot of people, but yeah. that was one of them. <laughs> but that was one. <laughs> yeah. No, he just kept bringing. Yeah, there was a lot of there was a lot of baseball talk in this book. Yeah, he compared himself a lot to Joe DiMaggio. He, I said he compared himself well, a lot because, to Joe DiMaggio, and it was because he's Cuban, right? Mm-hmm. Joe DiMaggio and a couple. I think a lot of like big name baseball players are Cuban. Is that correct? There's a lot mm-hmm. of Hispanic baseball players yeah. that are. I mean, baseball is really popular in yeah. those countries. So it, it made sense that it was something that was so important to him baseball. to bring up a lot. Wow. Yeah. So many things are falling through. I watched a TV show several years ago that had Joe DiMaggio portrayed. I've been to Ernest Hemingway's house. Let me guess. I'm losing it. <laughs> was it Smash or whatever Yes, it was. It was, was Smash. There's a wonderful song in it about Joe DiMaggio. I have no idea what you're talking Mr. about. Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Anyway. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> moving on. Moving on. Um, 
But yeah, he did talk a lot about baseball. I was kind of curious, like, I know it's very important in their culture, but do you think, like, there was there any other, like, main reasons do you think he kept kind of comparing the two, or was that just, like, I mean, it's probably not random, but I'm just more of, like, why do you think he compared them so much? Did he have like, some kind of, like, survival story? I, I don't know I'm aware of. But he kept talking about how mm-hmm. he was, like, Joe DiMaggio was, like, the son of a fisherman or something. So, like, he would be proud of how he was, like, surviving and all oh, this yeah. stuff. And, like, and he kept commenting at one point about, like, Joe DiMaggio, like, would he be able to do this? Probably, but he has bone spurs, and that's really painful. I wonder if I've ever had bone spurs. <laughs> like, so, Google, I Googled it, and Google says that Joe DiMaggio represents the will of the human spirit. It says okay. DiMaggio is suffering from a bone spur and still, uh, you know, crushes his opponents. Much in the same way, the old man overcomes despite his injuries. So he's thinking about how Do- Joe DiMaggio is injured, See, but he still is going. But that's my thing. Does he really overcome? Because technically, if you look at it, the Sharks still win at the end of the day. That's the thing. All oh, Shannon, we're getting into the thing. I think that he still <laughs> overcomes because he did it. He caught the fish. Mm-hmm, but he it's didn't. the kind of... Like, but there's this like, quote that he says, a man cannot be destroyed. No, a man can be destroyed, but not defeated. I don't think he was defeated. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that he, like, did it, though. But he did. The reason he wanted to catch the fish <laughs> is to gain the respect of the community and the boy. And he did both. Mm-hmm. Does he not have a fish? I would say that he, I would say that he accomplished what he wanted to, but I think... It also reflects a lot of what life looks like in, like, the rest of people's lives mm-hmm. also, where you can do as much as you can and you can accomplish things, but it might not always end up exactly how you picture it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was so sad, though. I was honestly just, like, waiting for him to die, and it'd be, like, the end. So, like, he conks out <laughs> I... on the side of the deck and him and the fish both well, die together also, in each other's arms. It also talks about the lions. And remember, he hadn't dreamed about the lions in a yeah. long time. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, he finally did. And that was kind of his, his Swan resting song. place, his happy yeah. place. <laughs> so Yeah. I mean, yes, he didn't do what he really wanted because he really wanted to bring the fish in. But Stupid sharks. But he yeah. also pursued the fish. Right like, when he said. Beyond normal human yeah like immediately he said that like he couldn't get the fish into the boat and that he had to strap it alongside i was like it's a goner this is not gonna end well (laughs) like i already know where this is going the sharks are gonna come and eat the whole thing and it's exactly what happened and i'm like come on (laughs) yeah well it's like he was so far out and that's right where the sharks why not a giant squid attack or something he also felt very connected to the fish like we see him talking to the fish as if it's his brother. Mm-hmm. So I think he also had a very personal connection to that specific fish, and that's why he pursued that one in particular. It's, like, interesting to to look at that, because I feel like his emotions towards the fish changed as the days went on. Oh, yeah. Because, like, at first it was like, mm-hmm. oh, my gosh, why are you so, like, you must be really big. Why are you so, like, going so much? Like, why haven't you tired out? You must be a male, because a female wouldn't be that, like, she would have already freaked out. And then, like, later on, he's, like, comparing himself to the fish. Mm-hmm. And he's, like, you know, me and the fish are, like, I can't tell if he's, if I'm reeling him in or he's reeling me in. 
um, mm-hmm. and like stuff like that. I don't know. It was it was like interesting how, or as like you know he was like, am I did am I killing him or as he killed me? It's just like interesting how time went on and then it went from like just a fish to like being more than just a fish. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It definitely did became like greater than life. <laughs> the marlin. I wonder if did he name the fish? No. No. Hmm. I had to look up what a marlin was because I didn't know. Is that the one with the like long? Mm-hmm. There were like little that, No, that that's a swordfish. Oh yeah, that's true. I actually literally have an illustration right there. I mean Honestly, this fish made me just want to go deep sea fishing in no. a big boat. No, it does not. In a big boat. Susie, <laughs> you were going to puke everywhere. Why? Because deep sea fishing, anytime you go out in the deep ocean, like it's so choppy that even if you've never had seasickness, like you experience it. Did you? Do you you gone sea? Uh, we didn't even go fishing? like that far out. We like I was in Maine and we went out like an two hours out to go to this puffin island because I'm a bird person so I wanted to see the birds <laughs> and I don't get sick on boats like I've been on so many boats with no problem even on the ocean and um yeah I definitely got really nauseous and I had to get drink I had to take Dramamine because I did not feel well and I was like all green and like clammy and all this stuff and I've never experienced that in my life it was so Ew. crazy so it's like there's something about the open ocean. There's like because there's no land, there's nothing to kind of like make it be calmer, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. So it kind of just does whatever it wants. Yeah. So people who don't normally get sick usually get end up getting sick. You're feeding into my fears right now. I mean, closer <laughs> to the shore is not a big fine. deal. It's just like I'm saying, like far out, where <laughs> that's where you go for deep sea fishing is far out, and it's yeah. it's a whole. What if I game. have sea legs and I just don't know it? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. So, I okay, so open ocean. I do not like sharks. I don't like big things that I can't see. But I'm a really good swimmer. And so it's one of those things where it's like, as long as the boat does not sink, great. I just want to be on a boat, not in the water. But, like, something weird happens, you know, <laughs> the boat, like, takes a tumble. I'll be fine boat takes a tumble you think you can swim all the way to shore no well maybe when you can't see it anymore no no <laughs> but you I know don't think so <laughs> i just hope to never be in that situation mm-hmm. i'll just go yeah. back to canada and catch the you know tiny i mean you can three, try it once i'm just fish. warning you Bring you your bring once, your dramamine. <laughs> bring your drugs. Yeah, it sounds like Annie really wants to go. <laughs> no, I'm never. more saying You'll this to you, go. Susie. I'm never going though. The only time I would ever go out deep sea is if I was in Australia and I wanted to go like snorkeling or something or scuba diving or something, mm-hmm. something like that. Only time I would ever do that. Do you know there's sharks though on the Great Barrier Reef? Like a lot of oh, sharks. Oh, of course there is. Yeah. I don't think there's great whites. I think there's just like different kinds. That I don't know of. Shark Week doesn't go to Australia very often, so I don't really know the Australia population <laughs> of sharks. Sorry. If you ask me about South Africa, yes, I know what they are. Do you ever wonder if sharks are misunderstood? Like, I don't like sharks. But because no. they, like, get so much bad rep. 
I love sharks. Big tangent right now. <laughs> Sorry. No, I love sharks. I think truly, us as humans, we just think that like because we are who we are, we just like have the right to do whatever we please, and so we get upset when like creatures, you know, like a shark, end up chop like eating someone's arm off. But like if you went and you saw a Burmese tiger or Burmese python or something, they would eat you without a second thought because that's <laughs> what they do. But you're in mm-hmm. their territory, right? So, but yeah. like, you know, if you go to coastal areas like Jamaica, my brother-in-law and sister were there at one point and they said like, they talked to the locals, oh, do you guys swim much? They're like, oh no, no one goes in the ocean here. Are you crazy? Only tourists do that. There's sharks in there. They're man eaters. <laughs> like, so like people who actually live near the oceans, maybe not in America, but elsewhere, like they don't, they don't do that because like they know they have like a good respect for the environment and like realize like it's not really it's not for or, us or their own lives also yeah that too <laughs> and I think it's just like they realize like what their place is in the world and it's not in the ocean that's all interesting I'll say. I don't know you'll see I like still on like the travel channel it, but... though people in like Africa going into the ocean yeah they're probably catching like the fish locals. though yeah. They're probably not doing it for fun. <laughs> I don't know. That's just my thing. Is uh, That's all I'm going to say. I don't think sharks are a problem. I think our perception of them is a problem. Yeah. And honestly, it's. Uh, I think it's probably mainly because of, like, the media and, like, sh- movies like Jaws. Nothing against Jaws, but I think that's, like, the main reason people have such a... <laughs> I mean, weird... sharks are dangerous. They are. Yeah, but, they are. But, As like, it, I mean... Like, they are. Be careful and don't do stupid things and don't go to places where there are dangerous things. Exactly. Yeah. That's why ankle deep is, like, good for me. Ankle deep. <laughs> <laughs> How about, like, a like a wave pool? What are those called? Tide, tide pools. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can I know, tide, the ocean. tide pools sketch me <laughs> out because I'm like, there's, like, a lot of critters that live in there, like, sea no, trees like and crap. The... No, like at the water park. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. Fine. Get your ocean fix by going yeah. to the wave pool. I get it, yeah. That's my kind of ocean. <laughs> mm. Well, mm. this guy, back to the book, you know. <laughs> this guy doesn't seem scared of the ocean at all. And it also is surprising his ability to sense a storm. He's like, there won't be a storm. And then there isn't. There literally isn't a storm. Yeah, which I was like, I was very... waiting for that. I was like, where's the storm? <laughs> I was waiting for a storm, too. It's gonna die. <laughs> he also has a very great respect for all of the, like, the sea creatures yeah. and all the birds and stuff. Like, he he knew what they all were and what they all were doing and what that meant about his fish. <laughs> yeah. I also mm-hmm. liked her. He was like, oh, I feel so alone. And he saw a flock of birds and he's like, eh, I'm not alone. You can't be alone in the ocean. But boy. I thought that was really pretty. Yeah. Yeah. I also like the descriptions of nighttime. Mm-hmm. With the, like, the, fo- the phosphorescent plants mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah, and stars. super cool. I also liked how he described, or he told us, like, what kinds of sharks they were. Like, he he, he thought about the detail about, like, he didn't just say, like, a shark came and ate it. He told us exactly what kind of shark. So if you happen to know anything about sharks, then it was, like, cool because it added another layer of detail to that story mm-hmm. that wasn't yeah. just shark you know yeah and even if you don't know anything about sharks yeah it was still like painting a very detailed picture and he described it too he talked about like 
what the significance about the shark was, you know, like, well, mm-hmm. for the ones he wanted to anyway. Mm-hmm. Right. Didn't he say there was a Mako, or am I remembering that wrong? There were hammerheads. No? What kind I of don't remember hammerheads. Don't hammerheads, remember, like, actually. are deep sea dwellers, so I'd be very surprised by that. Um, I thought I remembered Mako, because maybe it's not a Mako. It was whatever, whatever it is, it's the fastest shark in the ocean, which was, like, pretty cool. I remembered reading that and being like, oh my gosh, I know what this shark is. Like, that's... It did. It's the it fastest is shark in... Ha! It's a different types of shark. It's the fastest shark, shark in... Hey, it said a really Mako, and then it said a shovel head, which is like a hammerhead. It is head. not a hammerhead. I know it's not, but it says shovel head. <laughs> it's not a hammerhead. Uh, I don't know. A yeah. So I liked that. Right when he said Mako, I was like, that's the fastest shark in the ocean. That's no big... Like, that's a big deal. <laughs> but... Mm-hmm. Um, can we talk about, like, their boy's relationship with the old man? Sure. Because I thought that was, like, really interesting and really mm-hmm. honest. I thought it was, like, so precious. Yeah. Their dialogue yeah. was very interesting. Like, mm-hmm. not normal. Especially at the end. Yeah. Yeah. So, basically, the boy, like, takes care of Santiago. Like, he brings him food every day and makes sure he's has his There's baseball. Fed or and, talk about baseball. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and he just keeps him company. Mm-hmm. And how old is the boy? Wasn't he like eight or something? Yeah, I don't remember. I think he was pretty young. Um, yeah, like I don't think he was a teenager. I think he was pretty pretty small because he was still like an apprentice. Yeah. I just loved how he cared for the old man. Mm-hmm. He believes in him so much. Mm-hmm. And just, like, would ask himself all these questions. It was almost like the old man was homeless without actually being homeless. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he didn't have any food, and, like, the boy went out and got some food from, I don't know who it was, like, his landlord or something. Um, Stuff like that, you know? And mm-hmm. when the old man would say stuff, he's like, I wonder if he's, like, actually, if that's actually the truth, or if he's just lying to make me feel better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't think it says the boy's age. So it doesn't, like, when it's and- introducing him. It did. Um, at the end, was it, does Santiago, is he the one with the habit of going to his, the boy's house every morning and, like, going and waking him up? Yeah. Yeah. yeah which, I thought that was kind of surprising, because we read about the boy's parents not wanting Santiago to be, like, around him very much, because he's unlucky. But he still goes in and just, like, walks into their house and wakes them up every morning. Yeah. Those kind of relationships are pretty awesome because you get, like, all of the worldliness and the maturity just infused into this tiny little boy. Mm-hmm. I love how they describe... I'm just reading the beginning now, or, like, skimming it. I love how Ernest Hemingway is like, everything about the old man is old, except for his eyes. And you, like, totally have met people like that, though, where you, like, see them in the street and you're like, mm-hmm. look at their, like, super young eyes just made me mm-hmm. think other people full of life yep they said that they're the same color of the sea and they were undefeated foreshadowing mm-hmm. no <laughs> <laughs> just a little bit you guys want to do your ratings wait i have to make a confession before we start this Susie, i looked up shovelhead shark it's in the family of hammerheads. Oh! It's not a hammerhead 
but it's in its family of hammerheads. <laughs> I will it's, take that. It's basically a small hammerhead. Aww. It's just like a rounded out hammerhead. Well, thank you for that. I don't know. Yeah, you yeah, shovel. Don't let it shovel. get to your head. <laughs> My hair to just got bigger. Head. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Let's do additions. Oh, yeah. Okay. Annie keeps us on track. That's, yeah. Yep. I try. <laughs> <laughs> so I read mine on the Kindle. So I own this book. This is the second time this has happened for a book club is where I know that I own the book and then all of a sudden it just goes missing. Um, so I, I don't know where my physical copy is, but I then I bought it for my Kindle. And so it's like the Kindle... I don't know. I didn't actually look up the... Is the boy's name Manolin? Yeah. Yes. That's cool. I wasn't sure how to pronounce it, so I didn't. We all avoided it. Well, it's probably it. Hispanic, right? So it's Manolin. Manolin. <laughs> that's my best guess. Sorry, that's all Maybe. I had. I like it. I read... I read a book from one of my favorite establishments in the entire world. The library. <laughs> <laughs> I work now within a fourth of a mile of a library, and it is beautiful and magical. And so I went on my break a couple weeks ago and went and got the book, and it is published by Shribner. What a name. Huh. Um, it is, it doesn't actually have another year. It says it's the one that was, you know, copyright in 1952 and then renewed in 1980. And yes, it has a lovely picture of the old man and the marlin, the marlin jumping out of the water. And it's a lovely green tone on the cover. So the green tone book is the one that I'm reading. And it was only 93 pages long, so it had like bigger pages than Shannon's must have had. I used the library as well. And... My copy was published in 1995 and by Scribner. Um, and it has this lovely picture of the ocean on the cover. Oh, how delightful. So there's no Marlin, unfortunately, but it's just okay. it's just ocean. Mine was the same. Mine was the same edition as yours. Oh, Shannon. good. Do you have? Is, did I say it all right? Because I already. I think so. Yeah, I, I already think... turned mine back in the library. Is that all right? Yes. Yeah. Oh. Um, ratings. Is that what's next? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna give it four stars because I really I liked the writing and um, I felt like it was very compelling and even though the plot was literally just about an old man catching a fish, I felt like his descriptions of everything in the story itself really like made up for like a bigger plot that necessary like that needed to take place or anything like that like it made up for it and it was just very rich um in that and I, I liked the writing a lot so it definitely makes me want to read others that he's written Annie mm-hmm. I give it five stars <laughs> it's Hemingway is just one of my favorite authors and I love his writing and I love I love how deep this story is without being like shoved down your throat and just the way he wrote it's beautiful and it's I just love it (laughs) and this was a reread for me too which is the first time that I've I think this is the first book I've reread this year 
I think. So it was really cool picking up things that I hadn't picked up on the last time I read it too. It's just great. I love it. I give it five stars as well. Um, this is the first book I've ever read by him and I did not really know what to expect. I've never read his writing style or really similar writing styles like it and I loved it. It was just very captivating and it made me miss fishing and I really want to go fishing now and <laughs> it was just such a great story wrapped in this seeming simplicity but it was so mm -hmm. deep like the depth of the ocean <laughs> um I really liked it and I gave it five stars because I now want to tell like my family to read it my mom probably already has she's very well read but everyone else mm -hmm. they need to read it <laughs> Yeah, I'm making Mason read it. Yeah, I'm going to make Patrick read it. Don't hate him, but Andrew said he hated it. <laughs> well. It's one of those books that either was, people love or they hate. Yeah, well, why did he school. hate it? He was in high school. I think he, he said it was really boring. So I think he just... That's what people say. I don't know. <laughs> it's so... It's so gripping. Yeah. How is well, that's boring? why that's why I gave it four stars. Not because I thought it was boring, but because like, you know, I had to put it down twice because I was like, okay, I just need to take a break. Not that it was like almost like too riveting, but almost it was like, I just like needed a break from it because it's like, I don't know. Do you know what? I don't know how to describe that. I actually do know what you're talking about because I did that with the book too, and I. I've been doing that with Lord of the Rings, and I think it's just because it's well, so that fits. one especially. Yeah. yeah, well, like for different reasons, obviously. It is but pretty it's dense. Like, you know mm -hmm. that there's a lot of detail and there's a lot of deep meaning, and it's like your my brain just like stops at a certain point where it's like, all right, I'm not going to pick up on anything yeah. else unless I come back to this later. So it did take me yeah. a couple days to get through like this little hundred page book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had to read it in two different sittings as well. Yep. For the same reasons. Mm -hmm. But sometimes I like a good book that you can't just read straight through. Yeah. You know. It's like more I of a like challenge. to cherish books. <laughs> yeah. Like old friends sometimes. Yeah. And like there if there are there is a place for books that you can just like real quick read through and be done with, but there's merit to both having oh, yeah. those kind I of agree. books and the books that you have to put down every so often. So Shannon is picking out our next book. Take it away. Yes. So um, Annie and Susie talked last year about how they really wanted to do a more challenging book. So I took it upon myself to select that more challenging book. And by challenging, we mean large Long. Large. Long. Large and yeah. long. Yes. That's what I mean by challenging. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I picked out Gone with the Wind, which is a book that I've wanted to read for a very long time. And they both agreed that we would take it up. Yep. It's 959 pages, so it's a big one. Or 49 hours, depending on how you're reading it. <laughs> yep. Yep. Annie and I are listening to it. Shannon is reading it. Which is, like, so funny, because, like, 
if it had been during the year, I def I would have definitely been listening to it because like I don't have time. But since I have like a little tiny break before mm-hmm. I start my second year, it's like I'm doing it. I'm gonna read it. I have mm-hmm. to do it. I think but mm-hmm. I'm also not having yeah. a child. So. I think I might switch over to reading it soon because I think I get more out of it when I read it. Um, but no, I'm excited to talk about it next month. I'm keeping all the things in yep. right now. Keeping them in. I've just, I've resolved myself to just listening to it because I'm just not, I'm just not going to have time to pick up a book and read like that many pages. <laughs> so, especially when the, yeah. the baby is here, I figured I could listen yep. to it while I'm like feeding my child and all those fun things that come with being a new mom, which is happening in a couple weeks because I just hit Woo-hoo. 38 weeks today. I'm getting, like, really restless. Like, I just feel like I need to be doing, like, everything. You're nesting. Kind of. The I'm in the nursery right now, and there's just, like, piles of clothes in front of me, so. Nothing's organized, but we're, we're getting there. Yeah. You have two yeah. whole weeks. Yeah, and we officially have everything that we need, like, right off, right off the bat, so... I don't feel, I wouldn't feel horrible if we went into labor, like, right now, but I don't think that's going to happen. I can't wait to meet your baby. Yeah. Me neither. (laughs) I'm so excited. I'm ready. Well, thanks for joining this, uh, (laughs) thanks for joining this fun discussion, guys. That was The Old Man in the Sea. And thanks so much for listening, guys. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. Till next time. That was the incredible theme. Cut that out. (laughs) Bye.